Hello, and welcome to another episode of Firsties with Reba and Ross. I'm Ross. I'm Reba. And uh, we're still covering the Venture Brothers. Yes. So we have some news. I went ahead and posted it on the Media Mashup Facebook page, but just to make sure everybody's aware, Netflix has decided to drop the first season of the Venture Brothers. Season two is still on there, but obviously that affects everybody who would have been watching along. Yeah. Uh, It sucks. There's really not much to do. Uh, Netflix just tends to do that kind of thing. Um, I went ahead and looked online to see how much the season was and how you can get it. Uh, You can find it all on Amazon or uh, iTunes for $20 if you want the whole thing, uh, or $2 an episode. There's also a Google Plus one that's $22. And if you wanted to just get the DVD set, it's $2206 on Amazon. It's Prime eligible. It's, uh, I can say, you know, firsthand owning the DVD set, that's a really cool set. It's got some nice uh, extras, like, you know, commentary on about half the episodes. And it just has really, really cool artwork. Like, kind of neat, you know, more comic book style mm-hmm. or sketchwork stuff. And it, it's cool. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Yeah, if if you're gonna get it, I would I would recommend the DVD if you're only paying like two bucks more. But uh, you know, your call. There are probably other less legally <laughs> sound ways of getting it online or streaming Always. it. But you know, yes. <laughs> if you want to go the legal route, I'd I'd say the DVD is the best way to go. Um, so this week we're covering Eeny Meeny Miny Magic. And the incredible Mr. Brisby. Yes. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and start with Eeny Meeny Miny Magic, since that's the first episode in the the official order that All we're right. using. Yes. Uh, so so, well, you wanted me to start on this one, I do. didn't you? I do. Yes. Uh, I really like this episode. Uh, I like mm-hmm. that it it's so uh, grounded in the characters' like dreams and their motivations. I guess like there's a whole lot of character development in this oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Like, um, what were some of the bits you liked a lot, or what characters did you like about their development in this one? I, I personally like my favorite part was uh, the Hank and Brock, uh huh, like moments. <laughs> Just like, their relationship, kind yeah, of. How yeah, it it grew. I loved the bro time that they had while 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 Brock was working out. <laughs> Yeah. The, the whole scuba. Scuba. That's a funny word. Say it. <laughs> scuba. Say yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I like you know, Hank. Or uh, uh, Brock's little, you're all right, Hank. You're all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're they're still setting up kind of a relationship and friendship between the two of them and sort of a, almost a father-son right. thing. Right. Because that, that was the other thing. Is after the opening, Dean runs into to Rusty, and then Hank runs right to Brock. Yeah, like yep. yeah. And uh, there, there's a lot of speculation when the show was airing around this point about their different relationships because you don't know anything about the mother or where they came right. from. And yeah, there were a lot of people speculating. I won't really elaborate on how accurate this was or wasn't Mm -hmm. you know for you and anybody else who hasn't watched further but there were a lot of people thought that maybe uh brock was actually hank's father 
Oh. Or, or that they weren't actually brothers or may, yeah. maybe shared a mom or something. You right. don't know. But yeah. Uh, and this episode, I think that really was intentional uh, between uh, yeah Hank and Brock and the father-son thing because we mm-hmm. see when Hank goes into the uh, the dream box or whatever it is, his main <laughs> desire is to have a family, like an actual family. Yeah, yeah. It's a Rusty with, playing ball or playing catch with him and his right. mother off screen calling them over. Yeah. That's what he misses in his life. Right. But yeah, I like that. I think that's probably the most development we've had out of Hank so far. Yeah. And the show is like more than any of the other episodes. I think this one tried to differentiate he, him and Dean as characters a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think. He did a, a good job of, of separating that out. Yeah. Um, and Dean's given a little bit more where, you know, he's getting interested in girls yeah. <laughs> more so than Hank. Right. <laughs> Hank kind of makes fun of him for it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he wants a girlfriend and meets Triana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Orpheus has yeah. got the daughter. Yeah. That's a big thing for him, I think. <laughs> I... Right. I really liked uh, all of Brock's uh, background in this episode, too. As, even outside of just his relationship with Hank, there's a whole lot about Brock. Yeah. Like, his whole sequence when he's inside the machine is so much stuff. And it, like you, yeah. it starts out with the callback to the beginning of the episode where he had the dream about killing the guy... His first kill, who, I, I, is it supposed to be a high school team he's probably on I or something? So. It's a football team. Yeah. And he killed but, a guy who turns out was deaf. <laughs> yeah. I like that his his dream or like what he aspires is to have that guilt assuage. Right. Like it's not so much. Because like, you could tell at the beginning that he was very troubled. Right. Like the entire, like during the dream and the Brock we have now loves killing people, but this right. one kill... Right, like, uh, like the that yeah, the yeah. lesson was like, oh, I should have given you the ball. It's okay, yeah. <laughs> like, it's all right that this happened. Don't worry about it, Brock. <laughs> and that that allows him to move on to uh, having his dream uh, rekindling of his relationship with Molotov Cocktees. Yes, just the first time we see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really liked, and you know, we'll talk a little more in the next episode about some of this. But I liked the way that they set her up. And showed her before actually introducing her as a character. Yeah. Like they they may so when she does show up, it feels like there's more history there. It really matters more. Yeah. Because we've yeah, seen this. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that in the Yeah. But yeah, I liked there's still the continuation of Brock's love of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> which again comes up in the next episode a bit. What was Oh, there's a great um... callback in the next episode that's pretty smart about all of it uh i'll i'll bring it up then but uh yeah i I, so yeah there's the two parts of his dream the first where you know he's (laughs) relieved of any of his guilt over (laughs) killing the kid uh then uh yeah molotov cocktease and then just him killing everything yeah and i love how insane that dream sequence gets i know (laughs) because by the end of it he's just in warrior paint and a, a loincloth like standing atop his kills like yeah and uh, <laughs> like looking at the little details on the enemies like 
You've got you've got cowboys riding dinosaurs with flamethrowers and like polar bears. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just like yeah, a crazy kids' cartoon dream. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of Brock having yeah a little part of him that you know even though he's like this killing machine, he's really kind of juvenile yeah. <laughs> in a lot of his thoughts. Which is probably why he gets along with Dean so well. <laughs> with Hank, yeah. Or Hank, yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough, like, there's, of all the characters, like, Rusty gets probably the least amount of new development in this episode. Yeah, it was, uh, I feel Which is like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've had a lot of focus on him up to mm-hmm. this point, so. So, yeah. They were kind of moving on. The fetus dream at the yes. beginning. Yeah, there is another one of those. Yeah, gets, Which, uh, and there's more of it this was time. Was there, because I think I, we'd already had him, like, being strangled by the other fetus in an earlier but I didn't, episode. No, no, the other, it was gnawing on it. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So this time, <laughs> yeah, and that was, so he was the one getting strangled? Maybe. Okay, I couldn't, I wasn't 100% certain, and then I, um looked up i wanted to know (laughs) well i didn't mean to look that up i just looked up and uh the adventure or adventure brothers wiki and yeah probably spoiled something for you yeah Uh, yeah. don't do that listeners (laughs) yeah don't do that there are lots of spoilers on the internet and a lot of things that happen if you haven't, um if you haven't watched the show and you're watching it for the first time (laughs) definitely don't do that yeah, it, it, it that's something that'll actually come up later this season. Like it has been building yeah. up a, something for season one. Yeah, I kind of get the the fetus dream. Though, yeah. Now. yeah. Now, well, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense once you get there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I liked the one little bit on Rusty is yeah the idea that this machine is powered by the haunted heart of an orphan. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't seem to have any qualms. Right. <laughs> He's like, like. He hides it, but only because he knows that that would be bad <laughs> to normal people. Yeah, yeah. Um, for him, you know. Yeah. Well, whatever. I, I, I liked how visual this episode was. Yeah. And stuff. Like, I, that first sequence was really well done. There's right. not much dialogue, but it gets across. Like, pretty much everybody's what's haunting every character. Mm-hmm. You get the little bit with Brock. You get... Uh, the dream, you get, uh, you know, Dean talking to Hank and yeah. <laughs> wanting a girlfriend and all that. and that, But then you also get, you know, the introduction of Dr. Orpheus. Right. That's kind of what I meant by, like, this episode does so much. It's got it's got a lot of character background. It's mm-hmm. got the introduction of really two new characters who are fairly yeah. major of the series, Dr. Orpheus and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, has kind of multiple plot lines going on at once with that. Yeah. I love... How throughout the entire episode, Rusty just takes such a hands off, yeah. like view of of Doctor Orpheus's magic. Right, right. Like, well, <laughs> well, let's talk Doctor Orpheus. So Doctor Orpheus is he's a very bombastic character. You know, like he's very loud. Every moment yeah. he like he everything he says he tries to sell as like you know this big mystical right thing right. Uh, you know even when it's just silly or, you know yeah. talking about the machine like the sirens of old chants their names or, <laughs> or yeah <laughs> shield your fragile mind and uh, for everything yeah. but he doesn't really do that much magic like you'd get he has yeah. abilities yeah like he 
he shocks Helper in the beginning, and he knocks out Hank and Dean. Right. But but he's, like, really pretty helpless in the second half. Like, yeah. he can't open a locked door, really. Right. <laughs> yeah. His, I know. His best idea for a solution is to play Marco Polo to try to help them find their way out. Yeah. And I, I like the little things around the margins that Dr. Orpheus might not be that big of a deal. Like, uh... How he he mentions, uh, or oh. or Doctor Venture asks him what right. he's a doctorate of, yeah, right? Or what? Yeah. Well, yeah. How he has that, and you know, he tells him that it was uh, bestowed upon him by a higher power. Yeah. But he just has a junior college communications <laughs> de- degree. degree, right? He's he's not a doctor by any means. He no. just calls himself that. Yeah. Um, I like the way that he's described by the kids as a Dracula all yeah. <laughs> all the time, and he used Dracula magic and has a Dracula trophy around his neck. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I like his I like his introduction in the episode. They do a good job of like tying it into the story and what they're trying to do with all the other characters, but you know, at least expanding the world a little bit right. with them, and just the idea of magic being a part of things. Yeah, I, yeah. I like the anything goes there. Yeah. Um, I like how out of touch he is with his own daughter. Like, uh, when she shows up and for entertaining Dean, his recommendation is that they go eat cereal. Or, or what does he call it? Like your... Oh, the prepackaged cereal that you like yeah, so the, much. The, yeah, the, the boxed up, like, sugar. I don't know. <laughs> some yeah. weird way to say it. And... Dean and Dean and Triana's relationship's funny just because she isn't or he doesn't seem to mean anything to her. He's just some kind of weird yeah. kid yeah. that she'll oh, see around. Yeah, Dean. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like that Dean's out of touch enough that he doesn't know what her purse is. Yes. <laughs> I love that. No, it's it's a purse. He calls it like... a lunchbox and a lunch pail. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved the mention of homeschooling. To, or right well, to Hank or not Hank Dean yeah um and how how troubled he gets mm-hmm. that well um, well and he's he mentions like a box yeah that they're putting a box to learn which is a reference to something that you learn a little more about but yeah that they're oh. they basically have like a machine that teaches them everything or machines like wow. <laughs> and you'll see more of that okay <laughs> but but it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, a uh, few things I met, had just as, like, random observations in it. Uh, this is the first time that the pajamas show up. Uh, Hank and Dean are wearing, uh, Aquaman and Spider-Man pajamas. That's right. And that, that's something that, like, they use a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> if you see them at night, usually they're walking around in their Aquaman and Spider-Man pajamas. <laughs> and, uh, as the show goes on, Hank... He kind of leans more towards Batman eventually, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. as he gets older and more serious right. superhero. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I always thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there was a weird reference in this one that I, I think Dean made to having been kidnapped by ghosts on a pirate ship, which is a reference to an episode that is after this one in both the production order and the order that they aired. So I don't know if they thought that maybe that they would air or, like, place a later episode they did before that. But, like, none of the official orders put that before this, so it's a little confusing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it didn't really make any, like, it didn't 
confuse me, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because but... they reference prior adventures that never happened on the show. Yeah. That, it's just weird, like, having watched the show and knowing that that's something that actually happens a few episodes down. Yeah. For it to, like, show up in conversation at this point. <laughs> but eh, it happens. Yeah. It's, like, they probably don't even remember the order that they wrote a lot of these. Because yeah. they have to ship them off to, you know, get them animated <laughs> overseas, yeah. get them back, and then Adult Swim airs them however they want anyway. Yeah, is there anything else on that episode that you wanted to talk about? Um, I I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, other than the fact that both Dr. Orpheus and Rusty can't get the door open. To, like, <laughs> right. Like, After all that. The, yeah. Well, and I, I did like that Dr. Orpheus, you know, when he's talking about things that have failed, that they've tried, he was trying to get uh, Rusty to call out to them that, you know, so that true love would beat the spell somehow. He says, that usually works. But uh, then ultimately it's that Triana's there and Dean hears her that yeah. gets him out of it or he is right. able to find it. So it's like Dean really, like in his stupid innocent <laughs> mind, like cares that much about Triana already yeah. that he could break the spell and get out of this box. Right. That was kind of a neat little touch that's you know not expanded on that much in the episode, but right. it's there. Yeah, I like that. I missed I missed the part where they where he the first part where he mentions true love because I came back in at the. Um, True love usually. Yeah, works. well, no, that's about all it was. Oh, that's all it was. Like it, it, he has, he has Rusty, you know, try to call out to them and then get mad at them and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they're trying to, uh, you know, it's like true love usually works. Like that was his idea of true love. Is no. a dad just like calling after his kids. <laughs> so the next episode we had was Incredible Mr. Brisby. Uh, how did you like this one? Like, compared to the last, did you prefer one or the other? Or you just kind of... I actually, um, living out here where we do, <laughs> really liked this one. Like, this is probably yeah. my favorite so far. Really? Just because <laughs> I, the California references. I just, I want to imagine that there is an Orange County Liberation Front trying <laughs> to... It's, like, it's destroy... the Orange County Community College slash Liberation Front. Right. It's like both of them, yeah. Yeah, like, I just want to, I, I want to imagine that that's a real thing, trying to take down Disneyland. Right, Not... because it's destroying local businesses. Uh, yeah, you know, they, yeah. It would be a much better place without them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to I want to put it out there that I absolutely love Disneyland. Right, Um you like just, I just, you just I, like the idea yeah. of the Orange County Liberation Front. Yeah. And how, well, it, I like the way that they're set up as being, like, completely ineffectual, but then yes. they go in and just murder everyone. <laughs> like, they really do take right, out you don't, so many of the Brisby bees and stuff. Yeah, I, you, looking at them, you've got the commander that is wearing an orange on his head. They knock <laughs> out the people, or they knock out Hank and Dean with oranges it's, yeah, they're, it's so, like, it, they shouldn't be as successful as they are. <laughs> right. But. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a pretty silly episode. There are a lot of, yeah, obviously, you know, it's playing on Disneyland. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was interesting, and, like, I'm almost definitely reaching pretty far on this. But the idea that uh, Brisby uses an actual reference to Disney with the zippity doo -dah. 
thing. Oh, yeah. So I was like, so what if the way that his character is framed, Disneyland is still a thing in this universe, or Disney is still a thing? And, like, he's, like, yeah, aspiring to be Disney, but he's still, like, an imitator of all that. It just plays into, you know, yeah. the idea of, yeah, like, everybody's just these failures, or they, they're all, like, aspiring to be something greater than what they are. Right. Yeah. And you've got, yes. like, you've got Dr. Adventure, who, uh, in a, again, like, sort of a callback to the last episode, uh, they ask him about his doctorate, and he's also not a doctor. Like, he just right. calls himself that. So, like, yeah, nobody is really what they're posturing to be. Like, right. they all... They all pretend to be much more than they are. Yeah, that's like a good thought. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, there's not that's much not... to go on in the show as to whether that's the case or not. But no. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. So with character development in this one, Brock was definitely, it, at least in my opinion, that he got the most new development. Yeah. Like with, I mean, with mostly with Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Much, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I really like, again, like, uh, this is the production order we're watching him in, so it's supposed to be the intended order, and I think it works really well having this episode right after Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Magic. Mm-hmm. So it's still fresh in your mind how much she means to him and all of that, but it is really the first time we've seen her in the flesh. Right. And, like, as actual people in the way that they react to each other. Yeah. So it's, it's a fun... Fun few scenes where they're in that motel or right. cheap room, and I, I already mentioned the Zeppelin thing. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, in the last episode, Brock said that that Led Zeppelin song reminds him of the only woman he ever loved, mm-hmm. and uh, when they're you know in the bathroom and you know trying to fight each other, and it, he mentions that it's been like three years and some months until or yeah. since he last saw her, and they talk after that about what it was that they. Or where they were, and eventually Molotov Cocktease remembers that it was at a Led Zeppelin laser show <gasps> at a planetarium. Right. <laughs> so, that's right. So that's why that Led Zeppelin song reminds him of her, yeah. is because that's the last time they saw each other. Uh, and yeah, I, I like that little attention to detail that they have. They really do draw on a lot. Yeah, I like, uh, I like that they're fairly brief in all of the different references to their past. Like, yeah. you get all these little details, but you don't really get the full story behind it. Right. And, like, a lot of the details are just kind of absurd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like, yeah, like, Brock survived a fall somehow last time they met by, you know, landing in a truck full of circus peanuts. That's <laughs> what it was. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I, I like the little reference that... Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, about you took eye. my eye. Well, only because you, <laughs> you took... took- my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, is what he's going to say. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, I like how matter-of-fact it is that she's got a chastity belt. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> totally a normal thing. Normal right? thing of Russia, well, you know. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Not really explained. But yeah. yeah, of course she just still has that. Nothing's changed. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> always cold in Siberia. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that explains it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I liked a lot of the stuff with Brisby and uh, his companda. <laughs> oh, yes, the companda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. It has apparently a number of abilities, you know. Yeah, it can... Knock people out, uh, right? put out fires. 
Yeah, it can as can a, put a stack over a guy <laughs> and carry him fifty yards. As, yeah, as uh, Rusty finds out, yeah. they're just next door, fifty yards away. Yeah, <laughs> you had to knock me out and put me in a bag to carry me fifty yards. Yeah. I like that Compando. Like you don't really understand why Molotov Cocktees steals it, but that that was apparently well, the goal of her operation. Yeah. Well, she uh, she stole it for for David Bowie. That's right, Cause David she said, Bowie. Yeah, because she says Mr. Bowie at the end of the conversation. That's right. Yeah. And that's a so yeah. I don't want to spoil too much. Don't. But no. David Bowie. No. <laughs> yeah, I that I had forgotten about that for a sec. That's huge foreshadow. <laughs> It, there's there's another thing like a pretty huge part of this episode or or at least a, a big part of the storyline mm-hmm. is actually a major piece of foreshadowing for uh the beginning of season two actually really? which is interesting and it's very if you're watching it knowing that it's very intentional like they know where it's going oh really yeah i That's mean it's cool because it's something that like there's kind of a cliffhanger in season one and yeah. season two picks that up, and like the way it resolves mm-hmm. it has to do with what they're already setting up here. Ah. So yeah, it it's it's really impressive mm-hmm. watching these early episodes. Just how much thought went into where it was going, who the characters were, how to develop that, how to do it in a way that didn't like detract from the episodes themselves. And... Right. It's uh, I am really enjoying this <laughs> for for those reasons. I love this is such a smart show yeah rewatching it uh, again like much later on like it, it i i haven't seen a lot of these episodes since since around the time i got the dvd which mm-hmm. was like right before season two came out yeah so it, it i'm i'm really even more impressed with it as a show going back and and like seeing how much thought went into everything yeah. it was it's really impressive uh but yeah, that that's most of what I had. I, I wrote down that was kind of funny to hear a character mention that orange is this year's black. I know. <laughs> Not I that know. it like, obviously isn't a reference to orange is the new black because this was many years before. But right. it's just funny to hear now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else um, do you have on this one? Um, I love that Brisby's bodyguard Mandalay mm-hmm. is just a stoic, like muscular, like silent right like brock opposite yeah and the entire like you, you get nothing from him the entire episode until the oc liberation front is attacking <laughs> the brisby dome uh-huh and brock is over here nonchalantly nailing uh <laughs> venture to the wall as he's coming down right and then he points the gun at mandalay and he goes I was just tired. I, I just did this for the money. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of uh, the uh, the original script for Kill Bill had a character I want to say was named Mister Barrel or something. I mm-hmm. and he's he's also like you know this like black like big bodyguard guy for uh, Oren Ishii. And so there's the scene. I think he comes in right after the crazy 88 fight in the original script Mm -hmm. so she's just like massacred all these different people and like well he's been around but like she sends him out to like fight her and they just kind of talk for a minute and like kind of gently flirt with each other and then 
he's just like, all right, see you later, and just, like, walks off. <laughs> it's, like, the same kind of That's thing awesome. where he's like, eh, it's not worth it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fine with this person. <laughs> but, yeah, his, his, that character reminded me a lot of reading that in the script. And that was one of the things that Tarantino said that, like, it if you could include a thing from the script or if there's anything from the script they especially liked and wish he had gotten into the movie, it was that character. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Not that they probably took that for Adventure Brothers, but <laughs> just kind yeah. of a similar similar idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything else you had on this one? I don't think so. Um, I think yeah. I covered everything. Covered it pretty well, I think. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot going on in uh, both these episodes i mm-hmm. again i like all the character work i think uh if i if i had a choice between the two i like the eeny meeny miny magic a little more just because i like like that so much development occurred but like mr brisme i i remembered a lot of the maltok cocktease stuff but i didn't mm-hmm. remember a lot of the rest and it was a really funny episode around that yeah. too so yeah yeah good couple episodes good it's couple episodes still going strong uh, next week, the two that we're covering are Tag Sale Yore, which I remember as being, like, one of the best early episodes for, like, universe building. They really introduce mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. And, but, you know, like, within kind of a silly conceit. Like, it's a fun episode. Cool. Uh, Home Insecurity, I don't remember well at all. all <laughs> I right. didn't remember Mr. Brisby either, though. Uh, so, yeah, those will be the episodes next week. Uh, hopefully you guys can get a hold of them somehow. Uh, whether you pay or yeah. however, <laughs> if you borrow it, Pirates. have some friends, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Know I, a guy. <laughs> yep. Know a guy who knows a guy. Otherwise, I think that's it for this week. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See you later. <laughs>